Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, May 29th. The year is 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter. I am not joined by my uh, co-host, Matt Sheehan. That's because the entire episode belongs to Matt. I'm actually going to be stepping away here. I'm just recording this uh, as I'm going through to edit the podcast. Uh, and we've got a pre-recorded interview for you, Matt with Matt Matt Sheehan is interviewing Matt Costello, former Spartan, big man, uh, fan favorite, a guy everybody loved to root for, and just a really fantastic basketball player and all-around good dude. Uh, He talks to Matt about his MSU career, some big defining moments, his professional career, kind of really run the gamut uh, on his basketball stuff. So looking forward to that. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is powered by Built Bar. Built Bar. Oh, that one, that second one really hurt my uh, throat there. Go to builtbar.com, enter promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order, and you get an additional $5 off this week. You got a few more days. It runs through the 31st. $5 off every single order at Built Bar. Dot com. All right, we're not going to waste any more time. Let's get to Matt's interview with the one, the only Matt Costello. We are now graciously joined by MSU Final Four 2015 teammate, really MSU icon, Tom Izzo's favorite player to hug, and the pride of Bay City, Matt Costello. Matt, how on earth are you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Crazy times right now, but uh, happy and healthy, so couldn't ask for much more. Crazy times for all of us around the country, but you're at a very unique part of the world over in the Canary Islands. This is just a very broad question right off the top. What is life like in the Canary Islands? It just sounds pleasant. Uh, It has been. uh, It has been pleasant. Um, I think the first I would say the first two months of all this stuff, we were locked down um, pretty much to the house that we weren't allowed to walk outside. Uh, different things like that. The only time you're allowed to go outside is if you're going to the grocery store. Um, and we live in a pretty big city, though, so they were relatively strict with that. But, I mean, you do what the government tells you to do for a while. Um, and that's what my wife and I did. Uh, luckily, I had I had her with me. But aside from coronavirus issues, um, no, the Canary Islands are, are beautiful. Um, it's they they call it like the European Hawaii. So um, nice. we we've enjoyed enjoyed our time out here. We actually just got off the beach for a couple hours and uh, going back in for a little basketball right now. Love it, man. That's awesome. Um, well, t- thanks for going away from the beach to talk with me. Appreciate it. I feel a little bad right now. But <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> but, I mean, not only has it been a good time in the country, but for you, it sounds like it's been a pretty good time in the basketball court over there. I think I read that you won MVP of the week honors in late December. Is is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this year's been, uh, I mean, hit and miss. I mean, you want to you win MVP every week, but um, – sure the as far as really stellar playing has been hit and miss but as far as consistently decent playing it's gotten much much better than in previous years and i've stayed injury free this year as well so um step ups in my career which haven't happened yet 
And I know you've probably heard the term 5,000 times, but yeah, these really are unprecedented times. It's probably a very odd spot to be in your career right now. Uh, what is next for you? Do you plan to stay in the Canary Islands, Islands for a little bit, or is there something else in the future? Or where are you at right now? Yeah, at this point, um, not really sure. Just uh, there isn't a whole bunch of people signing and different things like that. We're kind of waiting for a little more clarity on what what's going to be available for next year, and I think teams are as well. And they don't want to go sign guys if they if they don't have certain uh, guarantees um, as far as income and all that. So I think think people are waiting a little bit right now before they they really hop on uh, any type of uh, signing train. So we'll we'll figure it out here soon enough. Um, but just got to be patient as always. And just to scale it back here, all the way back to November 2017, that's when your uh, brief run in the NBA did start. You had two points, one-on-one shooting, five rebounds, two blocks, no turnovers, and the my favorite stat, a plus 39 rating in a win uh, against Denzel Valentine and the Chicago Bulls. So during that game, you're finally on the court playing NBA basketball. Was that your I've made it moment, or what was that feeling like for you when you got out there and did some damage? Um, It was... It was exciting. I mean, um, I can't. I, I can't say I've ever really dreamed of playing in the NBA because I'd never even thought of it as a possibility. I was gotcha. just hoping to make it to Saginaw Valley uh, State <laughs> University and play basketball there. So to be able to um, get to that point, it was just it was just a blessing. So um, so um, yeah, just happy to happy to get there, but. Um, I can't really say it was I made it moment because like I was hoping for more of an opportunity and trying to trying to grow that way. So I was looking towards those uh, those situations coming up. But, you know, life and takes turns. So. <laughs> right. No, no kidding. And so is getting back to the NBA still the main goal or is there like another top goal now that you're kind of further along in your career? Yeah, I think always going back to the NBA and getting an opportunity to play meaningful minutes and, and show that you can play it in the best league in the world is always the top goal. Um, but right now I got to do what's best for me and my family. And that's uh, go overseas. You, you get paid a little more to come over here. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, then you, if you go to the G league or something like that, so just uh, getting new experiences, uh, spending time with my wife and uh, it's hard being away from family, but um, I mean, they, they've been able to make trips and, and see me and different things like that. So that's nice. Awesome. And the, the rare time you do get to come back to the States, probably obviously in the off season, when you, when you come back, do you come to MSU a lot? Do you, do you make it over to East Lansing? Yeah. Um, I would say normally two or three times a week. I try to go to, uh, go to MSU just to, whether it's just to get open gyms or, nice. uh, work out with some guys. I've been, close i mean austin thornton was my guy for a while so i came back and worked out with him the first summer and chris fowler worked out with him for a while so it, you know it's just um it's, it's a good place to get good work in and be around people who care about you when you're going back to the open gyms did you have any uh, i guess contact or playing experience with any of the people or at the players that were on this year's team by any chance and if so is there any player that really stuck out to you and really blew you away the most yeah, so actually at the end of uh, – I shouldn't even say at the end, but last year I got hurt in Italy, and I had to come back and get surgery, and I got the surgery in Lansing. Okay. And while I was there uh, recovering, I was like a fake GA for a little bit. I um, 
film breakdown, all that stuff. Uh, watched practices, helped out in practice with the big guys when I could. And so I got to know the guys pretty well. And I mean, you got your, you got your mainstays with Cassius and X and of course, uh, but I, I really, I really saw Aaron Henry uh, progressing last year. Um, and I know he may not have shot it as well this year, but he's got, he's got a lot of tools that he can use uh, in his arsenal. And when you're crunching film and working practices, did you ever channel your inner Tom Izzo and just start reaming anyone out? Did that ever come out in you during this time? That would be a hard no. There's only okay. one Tom Izzo and I am not him. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm sure the players appreciated having you around someone softer around the edges perhaps, but uh, yeah. So I, I extend a thank you on behalf of them. Well, thank you. <laughs> and before the, the 2014, 15 season, I, uh, this the, the software season wasn't an incredible year. Unfortunately, it stopped short uh, with the game in UConn, but Payne's gone. So now it's you and Gavin Schilling kind of splitting duties in the center role. So knowing that the responsibility was going to be ramped up for you, what was the summer like leading up to that season? Was it any different for you or was it just business as usual heading into your junior year? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, business as usual, I pretty much since I got there, um, I was lucky enough to come in with a group of guys that were pretty hardworking and, uh, they, they, they like to have fun, but they like to work hard. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and not that I wasn't a hard worker in high school. I just maybe not necessarily with basketball, uh, always spending time in the gym, different things like that. So I had built up kind of a, a routine with Zell and Gary of coming in, uh, every day, morning and night and getting our work in. So we've been doing that pretty much since the end of our freshman year. And um, so just try to continue that our, the, the junior year. We knew we were going to lose a lot of people. So um, different guys, whether it was Zell, Trav, I mean, BJ had a lot of responsibility on him, but myself, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our, our, our level of responsibility was going to continue to grow. So we, we knew we had to be ready. All right, we'll be right back in just a hot second with more uh, from the two Matts. I'm sorry, Matt Sheehan, that was, that was rude. I know you're not going to listen to this, so that's why I did that. Um, but first, a word from our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that Matt and I have been just absolutely screaming at you about Built Bar for the entire month of May, and we just received some news pretty recently. Uh, that's not going to be stopping anytime soon. We're fired up about it. Built Bar uh, is just absolutely fantastic. Has totally changed my approach to the protein bar game. Uh, I've been doing the mix and match packs where you get, I think it's three bars or three flavors, six bars each. You can do a variety pack where you get one, you know, like sample. I think it's like you get 12 bars, one of each flavor that you want. Uh, or you could get full boxes of your favorite bars. They got tons of options there. Four new flavors as well. Go check those out. Uh, BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. Remember, Built Bars loaded with protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, low in calories, um, have some fiber in there as well, high fiber. That's always great too. So really healthy bars, really great tasting. You, you honestly cannot beat it, and they have just so many flavors to choose from. Go to BuiltBar.com, check out all the flavors, and when you're checking out, enter promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off. Your first order, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
It, it probably wasn't the start to the season you guys wanted. I, I think for every Power 5 team, for lack of a better term, uh, you guys played Duke, Kansas, Notre Dame, Maryland. Lost all four of those teams, and also the loss to Texas Southern. But after that, you guys turned it around kind of when January 1st hit the calendar. What Was there a, a moment where a switch was flipped or anything like that happened in, inside the locker room? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't remember it. I remember talking to Trav about this when like all this stuff happened, like, man, what happened? Like yeah. we just started winning games and I think <laughs> we just started to click better. Um, there was the uh, guy started to get a little bit more confidence. Like you're like, all right, well, we're getting cussed out at every day. Might as well just do what we want. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it, it showed on the basketball court. You saw Trav and Zell kind of breaking out of molds that had been set for them and they were much more successful. And I think Colby Wallman was another one that like kind of came out of nowhere and was uh, very, very, very impactful um, that year when we were, had a, had a a diminished amount of big guys. So Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was just everybody stepped up and did their job. And so going from the start of that season to the very end where you guys played a very incredible Wisconsin team and lost them in overtime. Was that crazy in hindsight, looking back from where you guys came to where you kind of finished off the the regular season of the Big Ten tournament? Or do you feel like you kind of always had that in you? I felt like we kind of always had it in us. We just um, we we weren't always driving together too much on the court. So um, and I think I watched that game the other day where my dad was videoing something just like, man, we should have won that game. Yeah. against Wisconsin uh, and 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 it just I mean it kind of showed how 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 much we had progressed throughout the season and kind of the reason that we made it to a final four like we were maybe not the best players in the world but uh we we came together well and played together at the right time yeah and I think I asked this question to Travis he was on about a few weeks ago when we were talking about this tournament but you know you guys did lose to that incredible Wisconsin team but took them to the bitter end in, in a weird way did that give you confidence that you played such a great team that close at that point of the season heading into the tournament oh for sure um like obviously we would have wanted to win that game but we knew mm-hmm. Wisconsin was a top five team all year and to be able to play them to the wire like that it did give us a bit of confidence moving forward and uh, I feel like we capitalized on that and second round of the tournament too you guys faced Virginia who was no stranger to you guys because you just played in the sweet 16 the year before what was the feeling going into that game knowing that you just popped them the year before was it a similar Virginia team on film or were you guys expecting out of them going into that game uh yeah I I felt like it was a pretty similar team I mean they had a lot of the same guys back and um, I know we had lost a lot but we knew how they played and and we knew if we could hit key shots early, that um, that would definitely help us just because they moved the ball a little slower. And um, luckily, Trav came out and had a crazy night, and yeah. the rest <laughs> is history. And speaking of crazy night, too, I mean, just really the entire Louisville Elite Eight game, just crazy from <laughs> from wire to wire. What yeah. Broadest question I have in the bag right now, what, what do you remember from that Louisville game? Is there any specific like memory that sticks out to you that, that you won't forget for a while? Uh, Brand hitting a corner three uh, was one. I think I can't remember if it was at the end of overtime or end of regulation. I think he, I think like, he kicked off overtime with it. I, th- I think it was the first shot of overtime, and he just splashed it home to to set the tone for OT. Yeah, that 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 was a really big one. And I mean, I I didn't see. I saw it when it happened, um, not to the extent of the baseline camera, but 
the pass when uh, I think it was a pick and roll. I don't know who it was, but Zell Zell came down. He got all the way to the baseline and he like whipped the ball up to Trav, and you see like the ball bend as it's oh, going nice. through the air, <laughs> and like that. I, you see, you saw the pass happening. You're like, how did he get the ball there? And then you go back and watch the uh, the film afterwards. It just looked even more incredible. And headed into the Duke game, obviously the outcome wasn't great, but you guys were in a Final Four with Duke, Wisconsin, and that sensational Kentucky team. Heading into that, did, did you have that super underdog feeling, or did you feel like you guys were right there w- with them and you had as good of a shot to win it all as them? I mean – you got four teams left in three games. Um, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, I think, I think we would have, uh, we would have done well. We just kind of got down on ourselves pretty quick after that first little burst. Um, we just kind of let them rail against us. But um, no, I had, I, I had no doubts going into that game that we were going to be able to compete. And uh, we just didn't uh, show up to play that day. And to, to move on to the senior year, um, and just to get it out of the way, I, I don't want to linger on this at all. I only have one question, but the Middle Tennessee State game obviously didn't go the way everyone intended to. The question, have you talked with Izzo about that game ever since, or is that just kind of the forbidden, we don't talk about that sort of thing with him? Um, I mean, I don't really get too much time to talk, talk to Coach anymore one-on-one. Okay. Like, well, talk about what's going on current life. He's got a lot of stuff going on. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh history stuff like that i mean barely talk about with uh your your regular just just regular people you hang out with so um mm-hmm. but no it was um i mean yeah it, it, that's a sad game and wish we could have won that because we had so much uh momentum built around us at that point and really had an opportunity to do something and just wasn't able to capitalize on it so frustrating but um yeah, yeah. can't go back now <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. And I, I appreciate you answering the question I wanted to talk about it because, yeah, I'm sure it's not fun to, to bring up. But, you know, we're going to try our best here to steer the interview back to the happy side here. Um, you guys had a really interesting start to your senior year playing over in Italy for what? I think four games it was or something like that before the season even started. Yeah. What yeah. was the biggest takeaway you guys had from that? Like, what, what was the biggest positive that, that came out? Um, I would say not too many positives came out of that. As, okay. I mean, besides <laughs> – Besides the great experience, it was an awesome experience. Um, getting to see a lot of history, getting to see a lot of places. Um, I actually was able to revisit the, some of those places when came back last year to Italy. But um, no, I would say as far as basketball wise, there was not a lot of positives, um, just because we played against some of the like Olympic teams, like the Georgian Olympic team, the Russian Olympic team, um, like the people that play against the USA one, and we got our butts handed to us day in and day out and it was uh it was frustrating because uh, we just thought like dang we're gonna be a good team right and then we were showing that we are not very good at basketball and so just uh, it was humbling but it was also good that uh we were able to um able to learn and and, and not be so high on ourselves coming into the season Coaches will probably like that, right? Because he's a big I don't want my players fat and sassy sort of thing. So to to get humbled like that before the season low key he had to have liked that a little bit right oh yeah no I, I, he he was he was he was so mad there but i know in the back of his mind he's like all right this is good this is setting the tone right for the year all right we'll be right back with more from the two mats in just a hot second 
And setting the tone, speaking of, one of your most iconic moments here, uh, it was after three-game losing streak. Maryland's coming to town, college game day, number seven ranked Maryland. The neon jerseys, and at the end of the game, you famously pick up Izzo and take him for a spin. Uh, when did you make that decision that, that you were going to lift Izzo up and take him for a ride there? Yeah, I, to be honest with you, uh, people have asked me that before, and it's like, like I don't know, you're just you're – just, Excited, um, having a good time. I mean, we were f- finally letting some of the emotion out after after mm-hmm. those, that three game losing streak when we had so many expectations and always wanted to bigger win a Big Ten regular season and um, knew it was going to be hard after that. So just been a couple weeks of like depressing stuff, and so um, I don't know if there was a whole bunch of thought that went into it, but I mean, what happened happened. <laughs> and now it's iconic. And now, not only is it iconic, but I honestly feel like that. Specific moment made the neon jerseys cool. This is your time to take credit for making the neon jerseys cool because I remember going to that game. I was like, these are kind of a tough look. Like, okay, so the jerseys are rolled out to the players. Do you guys act like you like them? Do you actually like them? What was that like when you guys got shown the jerseys to begin with? I, I think anything different for us as players is normally good. Uh, okay. Or we take liking to even if it looks terrible just because um, you see the same thing every single day, like same practice gear, same jerseys, same uh, game jerseys. So to have any switch up of that, we're like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, like the, for, for one day we, we can wear it. Um, but I specifically remember when we got those jerseys, we all looked like, wow, these are rough. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we're going to pull these off, but it, it – I, when we do, when you look at it from the camera, it looks a lot better than in person. And I remember going back and watching some of the clips. I'm like, oh, okay, this is why they did that. And it, it helps too when you do pick up a win against a top ten team to break a losing skid and really change the scenery for the rest of the Big Ten season. So that that smooths things out a little bit too, which is nice. That always helps. Of course, of course. And so three games after that too, you guys were beating Michigan by I think like a thousand points or something like that. And another iconic Matt Costello moment is the steel dunk stare right in the camera tongue out like how much were you feeling yourself right there like was that the most fun you had on the court the entire season it, it was a lot of fun to be honest with you um we um again just finishing the last game at Michigan you want to play your best and and we, we were really putting it to them so um just emotions just running through it was it was a good feeling do you get to view that in film session? Because obviously during film session, you guys get a different camera angle. You don't get the one of the guy in the baseline where you're sticking your face in the camera. But when that comes up during film session, is that even uh, addressed a little bit? Uh, honestly, not too much. Coach, right. The first thing I heard about it was at the end of the season. And Coach was like, we were getting ready for something. And uh, he was doing an interview and I heard it. And he was like, well, Matt makes all his faces and stuff. But, you know, if he plays good, it's all good. <laughs> so, good like, all right, I guess I'm not too much trouble. Not bad. And so heading into the Big Ten tournament too, I, I was just looking at all the box scores from that when you guys eventually beat Purdue for the, the title. But through, for those three games, Denzel led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in all three Big Ten tournament games. So when he was at his peak, what impressed you the most about Valentine with his game? Uh, just how he was able to uh, control the game. Um, he was out there for so many minutes and so, uh, sometimes you get tired, sometimes you, you lose your head. And he, he kept his head for the most part. Um, 
and was able to lead our team uh, better than I, I would say anybody else did during my time there. And while prepping for this interview, just to be fully transparent, I, you know, you got to be an internet uh, creep sometimes. And that includes going back into comments and whatnot. I, I noticed that Denzel's dad commented on an Instagram post review a few weeks ago saying that him and Denzel were talking one night and Denzel went on and on and on about how great of a teammate you were, how you always had his back. What do you think made you such a good teammate? I, not Just to talk about yourself for, for a little bit, what, what made Matt Costello the iconic ideal teammate? Uh, I think, honestly, uh, I had a couple things like how my dad brought me up. I mean, uh, and my faith kind of, you put other people before yourself. And if you, if you do that, uh, I figure people like you as teammates. I don't know. I, I, I haven't really thought about it too much, but, um, but just trying to be Christ-like and, and, um, treat, treat people as, as, uh, he would treat people. So, um, Sure. I mean, if that makes me a good teammate, then praise God. But um, I really just try to live my life how how God would want me to and then let the chips fall where they may. Love it. And that's always an uncomfortable question to answer, too, because no one really likes talking about themselves. So, <laughs> so yeah. appreciate, appreciate you playing along with me there. Um, so this is the, the, the last question I have. The, I saved my broadest question for the very end. And then after, we'll do like a little ridiculous lightning round question where I'll ask you like six or seven questions uh, really fast to end this thing. But the first question is, what was the best part about playing for MSU? Uh, like I said, probably a billion times before, because I mean it with all my heart, just um, having that camaraderie, those guys in and out every single day, fighting fighting against coaches, fighting against other teams. Like It makes you grow a bond that, that doesn't really go away. You can not see somebody for 10 years and then run into them and you're like, hey, what's up? Like, I all those connections come back. And that's great. Cause like every player we have on, we talk about the family atmosphere and they say it every time. It's like, it's not just a cliche. It, it really, there really is something to the MSU basketball program and the family like atmosphere. I mean, and that's just awesome to hear from another player too. Never gets old from obviously a fan's perspective. And I'm sure it doesn't get old for, for the players either. No, not at all. I, not at all. Um, I, I think that's why so many guys go to Michigan state is because they they have that opportunity to 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 have that bond, and you hear it from so many vets, and it's um, it is impactful. And to round this thing off, let's just get ridiculous. Seven random questions. I'm just going to shoot you the questions. There's not really a timer, but I like to say that I set a timer. Uh, so yeah, lightning round. You, you down? You game? You ready for this? This is going to change your life right it. now. All right. All right. I'm ready. Favorite hangout spot at MSU? Brody. Strong. That's a strong opener right there. Uh, best post-game celebration, like most hype locker room atmosphere after a game? Minnesota. Wow. Okay. I got to divert a little here. Why, why Minnesota of, of all games? Because the locker rooms, the locker rooms about as big as uh, your YMCA one where you're all okay. <laughs> next to, like running into. So when we were going crazy, you were elbowing people. It was a good time. <laughs> uh, teammate you would want to play with again? Uh, Zell. Yeah. Uh, toughest road environment. That's tough. Oh, man. There's so many places in the Big Ten that are tough. I would say the hardest one for me, and it's probably not a lot of people's hardest one, but I just remember every single game that I had there was a dogfight, and I was absolutely exhausted every time we played there, and it was Iowa. 
And like, okay. I don't know why, but for some reason, it just it would take my heart out every time we played there. I mean, we won most of the time, so I'm not like I was never felt bad about leaving there. But I just remember every single one being a dogfight. And I think it's also like it's just one giant lower bowl, and also that like let's be honest, they have the whiniest fans too. They just oh, complain yeah. about every single thing. It's like that that's got to wear on the, the players eventually too. Uh, yeah. Strangest item you've autographed, if anything comes to mind. Uh, it's it's probably not too strange, but I hate using the sharpie pen and then okay. autographing people's skin because it's okay. like <laughs> it's not going to come off for a long time. And like we, I tell them beforehand every single time, especially the people who want it on their forehead. It's like you know that's not going to come off for a long time. Like yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm like all right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah okay that qualifies as strange for sure uh and just going back to the family atmosphere aspect of the uh interview favorite alumni that you would like to see walk through the doors at a practice i always like seeing mateen uh he uh just welcomed us in was always super nice to us just love seeing him awesome and last but not least uh favorite part of italy oh shoot oh I would have to say uh, Amalfi Coast, and that's that's not when I didn't go there with a the team. Uh, we went there. My wife and I went down there a lot uh, last year, and we just loved it. It was very different than any other part of Italy. Just very much enjoyed it. Like it almost looks fake whenever you see a picture of it. Like I've I've never seen yeah. a picture of the Amalfi Coast that looks any less than a nine out of a ten. Like <laughs> it's it, that's awesome. That you're able to go down there when you that. when you take the ferry through it it looks like the pictures it just looks fake and it's you go walk through the city and once you're up close it does it's not the same but like when you back up it's like whew, that's crazy looking man well folks that's matt costello matt i can't thank you enough for being generous with your time taking time off the beach to, to hop on and talk with us for a little bit here today um yeah man hope everything is okay over at uh, the canary islands and everything gets somewhat back to normal for the rest of the world and really you over there because that man, what a stressful time for, for an international basketball player. But yes, it's, it's, thanks a ton, Matt. Can uh, could be more generous with your time today. Hey, no problem. It was it was good being here. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Locked On Spartans. Thanks for listening all week long. If you missed shows earlier in the week, we had Connor George on. Uh, Matt has just been crushing the interviews while I've been. You know, spending extra time at the hospital with my newborn child and, you know, being just generally super busy <laughs> with other stuff going on. He's really covered for me like a champ and done these great interviews. Uh, Connor George was earlier in the week. Uh, we had Derek Markell, the creative director of Michigan State Football, the guy who's in charge of all those sweet recruiting photoshops. I believe that was Tuesday this week. We had Darian Harris, former MSU captain, linebacker, great player and the current director of player engagement with MSU Football. He was on last Friday. We've had a lot of really great shows lately, so go back into the old archives and uh, check those out if you're looking for stuff to listen to. We'll be back next week. Next week, we are starting three episodes per week. Uh, we've you know, come to this decision not easily. <laughs> it's not something we were fired up to do. We wanted to do five episodes as long as we could, and honestly, we went about a month and a half longer than a lot of uh, shows along the network have done, and that's no shot at them. It's just there's two of us, and we can, uh, you know, source you guys, the listeners, for Twitter questions and different things to find topics to talk about. 
and uh, it's just gotten so thin that we're going to be backing down to three episodes per week, and I got a new baby. Matt's got to start preparing for a new baby here in the next couple of months uh, as well, so we'll, we'll we'll rev it back up. Don't you worry. Um, mid to late July, we'll see where things are kind of sitting, and if there's a need for four episodes a week, we're, we're going to do that, and we'll jump back up to five for sure, um, you know, a few weeks before the season, the football season get going, gets going, I would say by the beginning of August, we'll be revving it back up. So looking forward to that. Thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Go Green.